Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to movies that don't have any. I'm Harry and joining me as always is John. Hello. I felt like I was forgetting every word of that intro <laughs> as I was saying it. Yeah, I got that sense. It was yeah. really near the knuckle there. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> and this week we are doing Memento. Yes. Um, now we were supposed to have a guest with this, but uh, she actually couldn't make it tonight, so she's going to join us on another episode at a later date on a different film as well. Now, John, what did you think of this film? Have you seen it before? I assume you watched it recently before this. Yeah, I watched it for this. I had actually seen it before, but a long time ago, probably close to when it came out. Ironically, I had no memory of it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Or very little memory of it. I I remembered what the gimmick was. Yeah. Which is, of course, that it starts at the end and works backwards. Yes. Well, It starts at the start and the the end and works to the middle. Oh, yeah. Well, I remembered that there was some kind of time fuckery (laughs) going on, essentially. So I was kind of braced for that. Uh, I had vague memories of certain plot elements, but on the whole, it it didn't really stick in my mind very much. So watching it back, it, it's a good film. It's a confusing film. My God. Even watching it a second time, it's so <laughs> hard to follow. You, this was your first time watching it, I believe, wasn't it? It was my first time watching it. I actually watched it as an episode for another podcast, Beer Pizza Movie. Our sister podcast. Yeah. Yes, where me and Ross uh, reviewed it. That's um, Ross Burton, who you may recognise from our Good, the Bad and the Ugly episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, before we watched it, we uh, each asked ourselves the question, how long is it going to be before I get lost? And Ross <laughs> had seen it before, so he knew it quite well, I think. But uh, I said I was, I was going to get lost in 30 minutes, yeah. and I got lost after 26. <laughs> <laughs> That's reasonable. It's a very Christopher Nolan thing, isn't it? There were certain points in this film where I really, really would have appreciated Ellen Page showing up to go, sorry, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have been really good. <laughs> yeah, we really needed that character to... It really does, doesn't give you a lot of help. Yeah. Like, it, towards the end, you can kind of start piecing things together. I feel like halfway through the film, it starts to let you in on what's going on a lot more. Yeah, Because the flashbacks or flash forwards whatever they might whatever you, however you would define them get closer together and yeah. so you'd start seeing the same scene over and over for example the scene where he fights with Carrie Ann Moss I think that's the scene where yeah. it clicks so you're like, okay in, I know, in, I in, just, a, in a house is it yeah when he, yeah. she goads him into punching her in the face yeah that when you see that scene play out twice mm-hmm. that's when you kind of for me anyway maybe you figured out earlier that was when I was like okay I get this mm-hmm. to a degree yeah I'm not I was never completely comfortable but on the whole, that I think that was the point when I was like, okay, I'm, I can see what this is. I can understand mm-hmm. what this is. So. I think by that point I had it, but I felt that as soon as it got to the end of every scene, I just burst out laughing. <laughs> I started finding it really funny too. Yeah, because they were just starting, they were turning into quick scenes. Yeah, it was just like, oh, that's how that happened. Oh, that's how that happened. And oh, his, is... his yeah. super deadpan voiceovers were really funny as well. Yeah. <laughs> like when he's running around the trailer park and he's like, well, what am I doing? Yeah, that so, was... so oh, I'm chasing this guy. Oh, oh, yeah. oh no, he's chasing me. Yeah, there's something about Guy Pearce's delivery that made that really funny because yeah. he kept it so deadpan. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what am I doing? Oh, I'm chasing this guy. No, he's chasing me. But yeah, I I think it's a very good film. It's a thing I have with all Christopher Nolan films is that fantastic concept, little bit lacking in Mm humour. Like, I don't expect every film to be a comedy, but... I do find Christopher Nolan films just take themselves so very seriously. It gives me the urge to kind of puncture them a little bit. Well, I feel like Inception was the exception. To I think the Inception rule. had some humorous moments. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. That's and it's not like a chuckle fest, but it has a certain elements of comedy. The, the Dark Knight has got a lot of comedy in it, and it's weird because mm. it doesn't fit. 
I need to rewatch. I've not watched any any of his Batman films in since they came out, so mm-hmm. I, I would need to revisit those. The only ones I've watched recently, to be fair, are Inception and this. Both for this podcast. Is this our first repeat director? Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That's must say something for him. Or... Yeah, I guess. Well, are there any of his films that you don't like? I've never seen The Prestige, you know. So I've seen it once, but it was so long ago that I don't remember it. What else has he done? So I like this. I like Inception. Inception. Interstellar. I've not seen it. You've not seen it? I've legit not seen it. Oh, so. you enjoy that. Yeah, okay, well. Maybe one for this? I don't know, maybe we'll give it a bit before we do another Chris yeah, Nolan. Yeah, let's not just become the Chris Nolan fan. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'd like to do it at some point, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're always interesting to watch, you know. You yeah. always know you're watching a Christopher Nolan film. There's a lot to be said for a director having a style. Mm-hmm. How do you think he lived? What, you mean, like, after this whole thing? No, no, that, how did he make his money? How did he afford to live? Oh, he covered that in, like, one line. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, of just like, oh, well, I was a... Was it a lawyer or something? Well, I know he had a I, job. But... I, I, I was a lawyer. It was very well paid. I'm set for life. Oh, okay. Did they actually say I'm set for life? Pretty much, yeah. Because I must have missed that because there was a certain point when I was like, you're living out of a hotel. I have no idea what the timeline of all this is. At the end, apparently, he's been doing this for, we don't know how long, mm-hmm. a couple of months, a couple of years. Yeah. I was like, what exactly is your earning structure here? Yeah. Yeah. I was also struck by the resemblance to, well, to 51st Dates. You know, there's similarities there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also to Finding Dory. But he has the exact uh, same yeah. short-term memory loss thing too. So that... Quite true. And again, because I'm always trying to find humour in films that have no humour. Yeah. Every time there was a flashback of him in the hotel, in the black and white, and it's all so very serious. Mm-hmm. I was really in my head just picturing the exact same scene, but narrated by Ellen DeGeneres, and she's a fish. Like. <laughs> <laughs> there was one point where me and Ross talked about how how this film would be if it was just in chronological order, mm-hmm. which I believe there is actually a, an edit of. It's on, an Easter egg on the DVD. Yeah, you can yeah. find it and then watch the film in um, order. Yeah. And we thought, well, it's going to be really boring in the first half because it's just him at a hotel on the phone. Just con- giving that's, a very long piece of narration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe I will watch chronological order one day. Yes. It'll probably help you to understand it a little bit. Yeah. Also, I kind of felt the urge to watch it again immediately after having watched it. Not because it was an amazing film, it was very good, mm-hmm. but just to kind of make sense of it a little bit more mm. because it is so labyrinthine yeah. in places. Now, I do wonder, what would he then do like after this film? Like for his life? Yeah, totally. Well, we've both, I've gone for a direct sequel, so I, okay. I've explored that to, to a degree. Have you? Uh, yeah, yeah. To perhaps, not, perhaps not going into the detail of his life, but okay, yeah, just yeah. about... It is right. definitely a film that leaves you wanting, if not wanting more, then wanting to understand it more and wanting yeah. to, yeah, it, it stays with you, which is yeah. good. I think the one we uh, get to the end of at least my story, we, we will not want anymore. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, oh God, hopes. if that's what more is, I don't know. <laughs> As he, he's, well, apart from the Batman franchise, he's never sequelized his films, has he? No, he's not. And I, I, I imagine that might be very deliberate, so I, I don't know if he ever will. I, I, was there ever any talk of a prestige too? I have no idea. I don't even remember how it ends, so... No. Maybe they're all dead. Yeah. Well, if, 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 that's the end, if that is the end, you've spoiled it for me forever now. So. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Cool. So do you want to go first this week? Yeah, better had. Mm-hmm. So this week, mine is called Memento Mirror. Okay. You've got a better title than me already. So. Oh, great. Well, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure if I came up with the title before the story. Always a good sign. Yeah. In fact, I'm not even sure if I, got, if I came up with the story until I'd finished it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So we start off where... Guy Pearce. What is his name, by the way? Leonard. Leonard. Very plain name. It is, and yet not that common of a name. No, that's true. Anyway, um, so Leonard is just sitting in a coffee shop. He's watching, there's a TV on the wall. He's just watching adverts. Is this immediately after the events of the original film, or are we in 2017? Or is it ambiguous? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't really make a difference. Well, it's been 17 years. The guy's aged. 
Well, sure then. I mean, yeah, I suppose the actor's age, he's aged, but he's not going to have any new memories or anything. Like, okay. personality-wise, he's going to be exactly the same. Okay. So he's just watching adverts. Cool. Because adverts are the only ones that he can really watch because he can... He can't follow any narratives. Exactly, yeah. I, okay. I think that's the thing they say in the film. That's oh, not really? Just, that's not just me. I thought that was that. a really good joke you'd made. I, I, clearly, I've forgotten more of this film than I thought. Oh, uh, I mean, that was a really good joke I just made. <laughs> <laughs> So he's sitting in a coffee shop watching adverts and then Carrie Ann Moss's character, whose name is... I couldn't tell you. Carrie Ann Moss. <laughs> uh, she comes and sits next to him mm-hmm. and starts talking to him and says that she's introducing herself and he's doing this whole thing of, oh, I've got this condition. Uh, have I told you this before? And she's like, yes, you've told me. <laughs> and she says that she is his ex-wife. Okay. And so clearly we know, oh, she's up to something. What's yeah. going on here? And she proves it by... Uh, explaining lots of things that she knows about him. She knows about his condition. She knows about some of his tattoos and tattoo removal, and that's why you've got these scars on your body. He's had his tattoos removed of at course, some point. To make room for more. Yeah. Okay. And she says that she can fix his memory so that he's not going to be forgetting things all the time and he can just have a normal life. Okay. And he's like, yeah, I probably want that. Well, probably, yeah. yeah. Exactly. He doesn't know. He doesn't yeah. know anything. <laughs> Is he still randomly chasing down and killing people like for, on a day-to-day basis? Is he still living in that constant loop? Oh, we have no idea. We have no idea? Okay, it's ambiguous. Because he, he doesn't know. He's only okay. last couple of minutes, really, isn't it? So she then takes him to a lab. I haven't found any explanation why she has access to a lab. Well, maybe she's gone up in the world. Well, we didn't see much of her, just because she works behind a bar. That could be like a night job. She could be a student. Yeah. A mature student. You know? Maybe, yeah. And she sits down in a chair, takes the top off so that we can see that there's no tattoos there anymore. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you just maybe wanted to get a good look at him. Yeah. No. <laughs> and gives him some gas and tells him to count backwards in ten. He does so. Fade to black. We get a fade to black and nothing. Okay. And then he wakes up in a hotel. Oh. And we start, we start the narration. So I woke up in this anonymous hotel room. What's what's going on? Oh, there's a there's a gun in the drawer. There's so again, he has no memory of what's just happened with Carrie Ann Moss. Exactly, no memory, okay. nothing at all. He's just woken up in a hotel, doesn't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's got a few notes, not really saying anything massive. There's one that he sees that's got an address on it. Okay, and he's got other things like he's got his camera, he's got a couple of photos, one of Carrie Ann Moss, but with no name or anything. It's not the same photo, is it, with the she will help you out of pity? No, no, it's not. Okay. It's, a, it's a new photo. Okay. Updated um, shots. Updated, yeah. <laughs> uh, wrinkles and all. <laughs> Bit rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been 17 years, you know. <laughs> true, true. She, she's still looking good, though. Yeah. And he has a look in the mirror, and he sees he's got one tattoo on his neck. Oh, that's the worst place. If, you, if you've got ultimate body space and you can have one tattoo, why the neck? On his neck. That's an awful place for a tattoo. Boom. Go on. Wasn't there before, it is there now. Okay. He doesn't know it wasn't there before. It says, there can be only one. Why does that ring a bell? (laughs) (laughs) And so, well, he decides, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to go to this address and see see what's there. The address on the the envelope? On the the notes, okay. And so, gets dressed, puts a suit and tie on, and leaves. We assume he goes to there. Then... The exact same scene that just happened from him waking up in the anonymous, anonymous hotel room to getting dressed and leaving happens again. Exactly the same, but it's mirrored. Everything is the exact opposite. Well, not the exact opposite, sorry. If he got out of the right side of the bed and this one, he got out of the left side of the bed. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Everything's slightly different. Okay. See, the tattoo and the address are not mirrored. They are just still normal writing. Okay. And yeah, so the exact same scene happens again. He drives to the address. We don't see like if this is the same thing is that first scene or not we don't see which scene it connects to we see him drive to the address the address is a circus 
Okay. Circus is closed. <laughs> like a big top? Uh, no, like a circuit, like a fairground. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, and there's a note by the door that is instructing him to go to the mirror maze. Okay. <laughs> so he goes to the mirror maze, we see him walk in, then we get the exact same scene again, mirrored. Everything's slightly different. So what scene are we getting again? The... Uh, from him driving from his hotel to okay. the circus, seeing this note, going into the mirror maze. Okay. And he goes into the mirror maze. This is ma- very true to Christopher Nolan because we are very early into this and I'm completely lost. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. What questions have you got? <laughs> oh, no, no. I don't, I don't know. I'm just not, I have no idea where this is going, but continue. Okay. Yeah, sure. And so he goes into the center of the mirror, the mirror maze. There's a round room, obviously surrounded by mirrors. And in every alternate mirror, his tie is a different color. Okay. <laughs> and then when he walks closer into the middle of the room, he can then make out that it's not just mirrors. There's two of him. There's him and there's somebody else there. And it turns out that when he was in that lab, obviously he didn't get his mem- his memories fixed. He got cloned? He got cloned. Okay. <laughs> and the clone is wearing a different tie. Uh, yeah. So there's only two different colours of tie. Yeah. Okay, right. Oh, yeah, sorry. I wasn't, wasn't clear. Okay. Um, cool. And that's when they both notice they both have the same tattoo on the neck. There can be only one. There can be only one. Oh, is this going to be... Is this a Hunger Games thing? Or a Gladiator thing? Like a... It's uh Well, it's supposed to pick a fight with each other. Okay. And so they both pull out uh, the gun that was in the drawer of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Both have that with them. They both pull it out. Point There's it, never any sense of maybe let's work together. It's just like, you must die. <laughs> and neither of them can quite pull the trigger. Okay. And they don't know why, but they can't do well, it's it. it's hard to shoot yourself. Well, true. And so they then... They, they talk to each other. They say... We need to work this out. What is this? What's mm-hmm. going on? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. And so they then decide to work together, try and work it out. The only information they know, other than where they are and that there's two of them, is that they're in a hotel. They, they sleep, slept in a hotel last night, so they go back to the hotel. So they slept in the same hotel? They slept in the same hotel. The room's next to each other. Ah, okay. That's what we're going to ask. Yeah. Okay. And so obviously there's a bit of coincidence going on, there, going on there. They're thinking, what is this? This... Just doesn't make any sense. The TV's been left on. It was on adverts. Now it's not. Now it's on some version of Jeremy Kyle, um, where you can actually call in. And so because they have no information, but they understand that this is ridiculous as clones of each other, they think, well, why not? They phone in. Are we in America? Is this the American version of Jeremy Kyle? um, I don't know. But for the story's sake, it's Jeremy Kyle. Okay. Um, Let's say it's Wendy Williams for our American viewers who don't know who Jeremy (laughs) Kyle is. (laughs) Uh, And so they call in and... Jeremy Kyle, at first, just thinks it's absolutely ridiculous, thinks it's a prank call, takes the mick out of them. But then after a while, just for comedy's sake, for his viewers, tries to take them seriously. And so they're asking these questions like, we're, we're the same person, we, he, he looks just like me, what is this? Is, is this fraud? And Jeremy Kyle says, well, that sounds a lot like, oh, well, there was, there was that lab a couple of years ago that was experimenting with cloning, what was that about? Um, <laughs> and then like, oh, tell us more. And he tells them more. Um, How are they, are they? Are they keeping their memory together for this whole thing? They are still writing things down. Okay, because I was just thinking, like, because notes. Okay, yeah, because they played it very fast and loose in the original film with how long it took him to forget things. They did. Also, I think in the original film, he did not make enough notes. No, or he really detail didn't. in his notes. Yeah, but like, it there was, was the so scene, frustrating. Yeah, there was a scene with Carrie Moss where she like waits outside for five minutes and then comes back and he's forgotten everything. Mm. And then there's a the scene with the prostitutes, which feels like it's a whole night without yeah. forgetting anything. It, that was that was something that puzzled me a little bit. Yeah, it was all very confusing. It was, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Yes, and so they get the details of this this lab. Mm-hmm. They go. To, they they say that they need to find the address for this lab, and so they go down to the uh, the hotel owner, the reception, or whatever, and they say, "Look, 
you know what this lab is, what this dress is. Oh, that's been closed for years. (laughs) (laughs) There's Uh, not been a clothing lab around these parts for the past 40 (laughs) years, my dear. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, so they go to this lab. They drive in their respective cars and they go there. They see that it is indeed closed down. Mm -hmm. There's no no gates on it. There's nothing to block them out, though. And seeing the car park, there is one car. And the car clearly hasn't been there for years. They even go over to it. They touch, One of them touches the bonnet. It's warm. Okay. So that car has only recently been there. And so then they, they start to have a look around this lab. They see a lot of fishy things that could lead to uh, potential sequels. Okay. But we'll ignore that for now. Such as? I haven't thought of such things. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually they find there's an office on the top floor, which they go into. And sitting at a desk there is Carrie Ann Moss. Of course. Because it would be her. She's clearly the mastermind behind this yeah. whole thing. So I'm guessing Joe Pantoliano's character is dead, as in the original film. Uh, yeah, yes. He's, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. this is completely in continuity with the original film. Okay, right. Just cool. obviously adding a lot more plot that is not necessarily as good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued so far. Continue. Good, good. Yes, and so they both point their guns at her, just saying, well, what's going on? Did you do this? Because they, they recognise her from their photo. Yes. Um, but they have, have no idea who she is. Mm-hmm. And so she then starts explaining that this was all another test. Okay. I wanted to see if you could kill if you were told to, or if you you only could if deep down you knew that you needed to. If you could kill yourself or just anybody? Just anybody. Okay. Well, he's clearly killed plenty of people in the past he didn't need to, because he's killed loads of people who were not the people who killed his wife. He only, who, did, who, who did he kill in the first film? Well, Other than... it was implied that he was constantly being set on random dr- drug dealers by the police officer. Yeah, we never saw that. True, I guess. Well, he did kill the one drug dealer who wasn't part, as we assume, wasn't part of killing his wife. He killed Teddy. Teddy felt like he he needed to die. Okay, fine. Okay, Um, fine. So anyway, yeah, it was just a test because she was trying to work out, is he actually not remembering these things or is he... Or is he just faking it? Oh, so it's like the diabetes thing in the first film. And it turns out she is actually his ex-wife. Oh, okay. So the so, wife that he assumed was dead in the first film? Yes. Is her? Is Carrie Ann Moss. Okay, well, that's a good twist. Yeah. And this has all just been a test. Everything mm. has just been a test. Just okay. to try and see if he is still himself or if he is faking it. Ah, okay. She's still not convinced after 20 years. <laughs> still not convinced after 20 years. The tests are getting more elaborate. Now she's, just, <laughs> now she's just One day he'll break. One day. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I admire her persistence. So. Um, yeah, and that is uh, pretty much it. That is Memento Mirror. So she didn't go into a diabetic coma and die? Or did she go into a diabetic coma and survive it's not particularly said no well i guess we only I mean, heard that well, yeah, yeah she didn't die obviously but, but i guess uh, we only heard that from what was joe pansiano's character called teddy teddy we only heard that from teddy so yeah. that's not necessarily verifiable yeah okay so uh yeah that, that, that was that what did you think puzzling but, puzzling, <laughs> but then the definitely. film is puzzling so yeah, yeah that, that makes i guess that's fitting so why is she weaponizing him oh she just wants to find out whether he's Telling the truth or not, and is this yes, so? Yes. It's kind of just like a constant nightmarish cycle of him having to conduct these increasingly yeah. more elaborate tests. Okay, yeah, so which the he obviously has no memory of. Yeah, to the point that she's cloned him, and the clone has no. Oh, so this, what are they going to do now? So there's two of them in her. Uh, yeah. So what are they going to do? I don't know. I haven't really uh, got that far. I feel like there's definitely more to be. This feels like a second part of a trilogy of anything. Yeah, it does actually. Doesn't it, it, it feels like there's more to come from this. Okay. All right. Well, that was Memento Mirror Part One then. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I can again. I can see it as yeah, ever. Yeah. It's very plausible. Yeah. Well, I can see it being made. So. 
All right, I say yours then. Okay, cool. So mine is called Memento Two: Back to the Future. <laughs> and it's it's not like when you did Heather's Spider-Man. It, it's not the Back to the Future plot. Okay, it's, it's not a, it's not a crossover then. No, it's not a crossover with Back to the Future, but it's just because that's kind of what the film is. It's flashing Back to the Future. Okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I needed a title, and that would do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's set in the present day. Seventeen years have passed. Okay. Um. So <clears throat> and we open and it, like like the original film. I want it to be out of chronology, so it's going to be slightly confusing. But I can't explain it out of chronology particularly because that would be ridiculous. Yeah. So. Yeah, I kind of wanted it too, but then I just yeah. I just couldn't explain it, yeah. so I just left so, it. But I do, our opening scene is in black and white, as in the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's set in, so we open on a highway, and Leonard is standing next to the wreckage of a major road accident, mm-hmm. and he's totally confused. And a police officer approaches him and asks him, "What the hell happened here?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "I don't remember. I don't know." Uh, so then that's then we flash back into full color mm-hmm. into the main narrative of the plot and so before obviously before all, before the wreckage before whatever has caused this car wreckage again we're 17 years in the future mm-hmm. and he has since the events of the original film he still has no has his memory problem he hasn't recovered he still can't make new memories but he's somehow come to terms with his wife's murder he's not just wandering around killing the killing people over and over again anymore okay yeah so his that's wife's done. murder his wife's death sorry yeah well I, I, like technically she murder? murdered herself yeah maybe yeah murder so i don't know well his, his <laughs> wife's deaf sorry he's come to terms with his wife's death okay and he's now taken a job as a lab assistant at a marine life center okay yeah however this job is only a cover for his real double life as a private detective and gun for hire private detective yeah now obviously he's not necessarily going to be a very good private detective because <laughs> he can't remember anything <laughs> but let's say it's like daredevil and his weakness makes him strong so like his 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 disability makes him very detail oriented should we say okay yeah so that's why he, he's a good yeah private detective i know it's a little bit of you know plots it's kind of crowbarring in a bit but i think we mm. can make it work the original film definitely the plot gears turned at certain points sure yeah, in a way yeah. that was a little bit clunky so yeah that's my justification for that yeah. he's a private detective but every day he still needs to remind himself of who he is and what his situation is etc because he hasn't made any new memories in 17 years yeah now obviously he's long since run out of space on his body so now he's started using a combination of notes and videos on his iphone basically he can use a smartphone yes how well because oh don't think, thought about this i'm glad don't think i let that pass no okay so, obviously, he's going to wake up every day not knowing how an iPhone works. Yeah. So now he, his, his entire back is just one long instruction manual for how to use an iPhone. His back? His back. So every day he has to wake up, look in the mirror, because that's the only part of his body that's going to be enough surface area. How, how can you see your back? Well, he must have an... He, maybe he has like one on his wrist saying, turn around, look in the mirror. It would have to be backwards, I guess, so you could read it through a mirror. Some pretty good tattooing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so okay, that, yeah. yeah. So that's it. He's got it backwards tattooed onto his back, and it, a whole instruction manual for what an iPhone is and how you use it, basically. And that's how he starts every day. Okay. And the rest of his life information he has stored on his iPhone. Yeah. Because we're bringing it to 2017. Yeah. And that's how the world works now. So he's done that. Does he uh, use Siri at any point in this film? I have not worked Siri into this, but there's no reason why not. Right? I feel like Siri would be very handy. It probably would be, yeah. No, he could use anyth- anything that is on an iPhone. That he- well, He's a private detective. He's using his. He's using all the things that he has available to him mm-hmm. to help jog his memory and to you know help him be the best private detective he can be. Great. So yeah, Siri is probably going to be a big part of this. To be fair, there's not really a lot of s- s- characters that he interacts with in this film, so maybe Siri is our way of, as well as the voiceover, might be a good way of us actually getting some dialogue, because otherwise it's just him. Yeah. You'll see, it's, it's a lot of him just on his own. So yeah, because Carrie Ann Moss is not coming back and Teddy, okay. is, Teddy is dead. So yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just really him, really. So one day he is uh, approached by a man 
who wants him to follow his wife as a private detective in his job because he suspects his wife is having an affair. So mm-hmm. he's like, I want you to spam my wife and tell me what she's doing. So he agrees to do this and he begins following the woman. Uh, and as it turns out from stalking the woman, he discovers that this woman is regularly meeting with two, two other women at a local cafe. Okay. And she is in fact plotting to take her children away and leave her husband. I'm getting a look from you that sense that you might have be starting to put some things together. Oh, no. mm, carry on. Okay. So at first, Leonard is, you know, he's planned to report this information to the husband. Mm-hmm. But as he continues to spy on her, the wife, he, it becomes clear that she also is suffering from a severe memory problem. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> Do go on. <laughs> I'm getting a knowing look. I think you know where this is going. <laughs> so he becomes intrigued. So he delays revealing anything more to the husband and starts feeding him false information while he conducts his own private investigations to figure out what's this woman's deal? What's going on? Mm-hmm. So in doing that, he discovers that the husband has in fact been keeping, been spending his wife's inheritance while keeping her a virtual prisoner in her own home. Okay. Does this sound familiar? Do carry on. <laughs> I like how you're refusing to acknowledge what this is. Um, anyway, he, so he resolves to help her. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in his day job, a side note, a new specimen is brought in for quarantine and care. A new specimen of fish, because it's a marine life centre. Yeah. And this fish is a regal blue tang, um, which appears to be exhibiting signs of short-term memory loss. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a regal blue tang is? No. It's the fish that... From, oh. it's, <laughs> it's Dory. Um, so he feels a strong affinity for this fish because he kind of relates to it. Like, yeah, this yeah, this yeah. fish is me. Like, you know, so he, he just loves this fish. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a side plot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to the main narrative. So he continues to follow this woman all the while feeding false information to the husband to keep him satisfied while, she, while he can figure out what's going on exactly. Mm-hmm. And in the process, without ever talking to her, but just from spying on her and kind of gathering notes and stuff, he... Re- he learns that she is actually beginning to recover her memory and is plotting to escape from the husband. Okay. So he was... It it sounds like it's about to cross over with another idea that we came up with. Yeah. Oh, have you only just... Oh, yeah, I've I've worked it out, but... Okay, so for listeners who don't necessarily listen to all of our episodes, this, um, I shall admit now, this is a crossover with Fifty First Dates. Are you ever going to let that go? (laughs) I don't think I am. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it just really fitted well into this it just, it just it was too obvious not to i couldn't resist so if you listen to our 51st dates episode um i viewed that film as not so much a romantic comedy as a chilling psychological horror and so my sequel to that kind of followed in that vein with adam sandler abusing drew barrymore and her just living in this waking nightmare and trying to escape so yeah this this film runs parallel to that so yeah mm-hmm. spoiler alert the, the husband in this, the man in this film is Adam Sandler, and <laughs> yeah, the woman that he's now watching is in fact Lucy from Fifty First Dates. Oh. So it's it, my two sequels are running concurrent to each other. Oh God. Okay, so don't look so disappointed. I'm really proud of this. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I say, he learns that Lucy is starting to recover her memory and is trying to get away from this awful nightmare of a husband. He resolves to redeem himself for failing to save his own his own wife from mm-hmm. what happened to her by allowing Lucy to be free by helping her to. to escape killing the husband yeah. if necessary okay so he's like i'm gonna help so that's his plan he's gonna keep an eye on things and wait for an opportunity to help her in any way that he can to get away now before he can execute this plan at his day job at the marine life center he's told that all of the regal blue tang at the marine center are being transferred to another aquarium so <laughs> he's asked to go on a ride along to assist in the unpacking of the cargo mm-hmm. because he can't drive, obviously, because he would lose his memory every five minutes. That'd be super dangerous. Yeah. But there's a lot of cargo, so he's just going to ride along and help them to unpack. Wait a minute. But he can drive in the first film. Oh, he does, doesn't he? 
Well, this job is not letting him drive. Fine. <laughs> this is a matter. It doesn't really matter whether he's driving or not. It's not central at this point. But the point yeah. is, he's just on a ride along to help to unpack these fish. Yeah. And he knows he should say no. He's got other priorities right now. But he just can't resist saying goodbye to that fish. He really <laughs> feels connected to the fish. So, so he's just like, oh, you know, I, c- I can spare a day. So he, he he gets in the truck. They load up all the fish. Fine. While they're on the road driving towards the, the new aquarium, mm-hmm. he receives a call from the husband who he's still ostensibly working for, mm-hmm. saying that his services are no longer required because the husband has figured out everything he needs to know. He's found out everything he needs, and that's all. So he immediately realises, oh God, Lucy's in danger. Mm-hmm. The husband's put the pieces together. I need to get to her pronto. Yeah. So he tells the driver, we need to turn around right now. Now, before that can happen, unfortunately, an octopus slams into the windscreen. Oh my God. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they slam on the brakes. And they and you, the look you're giving right now, you know exactly where this is going, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you look so disappointed? I'm so proud of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a freeway crossover. It's a free film memory loss crossover. So I'm just annoyed that you did it first. <laughs> so for those who haven't already joined the dots, uh, so they slam on the brakes and they jump out, and before they know it, the octopus has crawled into the driver's seat and stolen the truck. <laughs> and as he gives chase, he's, you know, he's running alongside the side of the van. He's like, stop, stop, stop. And he notices his favourite blue tang is now in a jar on the dashboard. <laughs> He's like, what? So anyway, the truck gets away. It spins around, almost runs them down before finally crashing through the motorway barriers and into the ocean while he just watches helpless. <laughs> and so at that point, he feels his memory start to fade. He reaches into his pocket and he realises with horror that his phone, which contains all the vital information that he's the past 17 years of his life, was in the front seat of the car. It fell out of his pocket. He didn't have time to pick it up as he was, as he was jumping out in, you mm-hmm. know, panic. There's an octopus on the windscreen. You know, people mm-hmm. don't have the presence of mind. So that's, so his phone was in the truck, which has now crashed under the ocean. So he's standing in, in the highway now. His memory is going. And his last words before the credits roll are, oh, shit. <laughs> and that's where the end of the film ends. Wow. So. <laughs> okay. So the film ends at the, the start. At the start, I yeah. Assume. So that's we're back at the start. So we're in the, the yeah. wreckage. He's in a wreckage. He's lost 17 years of carefully accumulated information. Mm-hmm. He has no idea who he is anymore. And yeah. And what happens to Lucy from 51st Dates? Exactly the same thing that happens in my 51st Dates sequel. She never meets him. All this happens without her knowing. They never interact. He's just watching her from afar. So she gets away on her own terms. Adam Sandler is eaten by walruses, as it happened in my sequel. And, so yeah. are you building a universe? <laughs> I'm building a cinematic universe around memory loss films, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know if we'll be able to revisit it again. Yeah, because so. luckily there's no more. I'm so. sure there are other memory loss films out there, but yeah. This just seemed like an obvious crossover to me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Any questions? Um, <laughs> no, I don't actually. No, I'm quite happy with it and just interested to know what's next you don't seem happy you seem annoyed (laughs) i'm just annoyed that it's a really good idea (laughs) okay fine it's your idea so uh what's next then okay well before we go to our next week i do have a couple of um reader or listener we have some listener suggestions yeah so we have one for 51st dates actually which we're so another opportunity to revisit it it's only a small one but you and spence from esc insight Mm -hmm. which is a very popular website dedicated to the Eurovision Song Contest, mm-hmm. which I occasionally write for. So he suggested that he, li- he liked my um, Lucy sequel about it being like a horror, Legion-inspired horror. Mm-hmm. But he said that Lucy should be pregnant uh, again in the film to add to the kind of body horror of Rosemary's Baby stuff. Oh, yeah. And I was like, damn, that's really good. So thank you, Ewan, for that. 
Oh, that was good. Yeah, thank you very much. And in a little bit more detail, uh, we did a, our last episode last week was on the film Heathers. Mm-hmm. And Aaron from Media Realness, who we've discussed before, he, he's contributed his ideas to us before. He's a, the co-host of a very good podcast about um, geek culture and intersectionality and uh, representation. It's very, mm-hmm. very funny. Very, very good. Worth a listen. So he gave us a really good pitch for Heathers, which goes as, the, as fuss. I will read it out. My pitch would be called Hashtag Heathens. It would be like a, it would be a reverse cruel intentions, dangerous liaison style set in the aristocracy of ancient Rome or like the past, basically. And it would be the exact same plot as Heather's, but transposed to like medieval times or ancient times, with all of the dialogue transmuted to oldie worldie. <laughs> so rather than fuck me gently with a chainsaw, he suggests thrust me gently with a spear. <laughs> yeah. Rather than I'm not Mother Teresa, I'm not Merciful Juno. So that was his idea. Just yeah. an oldie world of you know, which I love. Yeah, that sounds that, really it's good. It's a film I would watch. So once yeah. again, Aaron, nailing it with the sequel ideas. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. So yeah, and keep them coming. If you have any ideas for sequels, prequels, remakes, for any film we covered, for Memento, which we found pretty difficult, clearly, yeah. but uh, maybe you can do better. Or for Heathers, for Fifty First Dates, which just seems to be really our most popular episode yes unexpectedly so or anything that we have coming past or in the past or present just let us know just we are beyond the box set beyond the box com. we're also on twitter facebook and that's about it yeah so yeah get in touch let us know and we will give you a shout out on a future episode yeah that'd be really good cool and um, next week it is your choice oh yeah so tell us what film you have lined up for us i want to do deja vu have you heard of it have you watched no, it? No, I don't know this one. What is it? Um, it's a Denzel Washington kind of sci-fi-ish movie. Okay. It's not sci-fi-ish. It is sci-fi. It's, it's okay. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Denzel in a sci-fi. Well, prepare to prepare to see that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend going into this blind. Um, okay. I think it's probably best going in not knowing anything at all. Well, mission accomplished. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, so yeah, that'll be next week. Deja Vu. Cool. I look forward to seeing it, I think. It's, it sounds like it's going to be another memory thing from the name. Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought there were no more. 50 First Dates crossover number two. Oh, you better not. You better not. <laughs> anyway, join you all next week. Yep, looking forward to it. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>